Our reading is from Hebrews 4, verses 11 through 13 of Hebrews 4. This is the word of the Lord. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Please be seated. So verse 12 of Hebrews 4 tells us that the word of God is living and powerful. Living and powerful. And then it uses, uh, the writer uses a, a metaphor of the two-edged sword to describe how the Bible is able to penetrate into the hearts and soul of a person. And as you know, a two-edged sword is more effective at cutting and piercing than a single-edged sword is. And so the writer of, uh, to the Hebrews is telling us that the Word of God is sharper even than a two-edged sword. And when we read the Bible, and this, this, is, this is what that means for us, when we read the Bible or when we hear the Bible read, it penetrates into our souls. It penetrates deeply into our souls and it uncovers our secret thoughts and exposes the intentions of our hearts. In other words, the Word of God reveals what is going on inside of us. And most notably, it reveals the sin that's inside of us. It shines the light of truth into the dark corners of our hearts and it exposes the sin that's hidden there. Now this raises a question. Who does the word of God expose the thoughts and intentions of your heart to? When you read the Bible and it penetrates deep into your soul, exposing what's inside of you, who is this for? Is this for God's benefit? Is it so God can see what's inside of you? Or is it for your own benefit so that you can know the condition of your own heart and soul? The next verse answers this question. Verse 13 says that there's no creature hidden from God's sight because all things are naked and, and uh, open before the eyes of God. And the point here in verse 13 is that God already knows what's going on deep within your heart and soul. He doesn't need for you to read the Bible in order for him to see your hidden sins. All things are naked and open to him. He sees very clearly what's going on inside of you because nothing, nothing is hidden from his sight. When the scriptures penetrate into your being and reveal the thoughts and intentions of your heart and soul, that's for your benefit, dear friends. That is for your benefit. That's so you can know what's going on inside of you. That's so you can know what your hidden sins are. Sometimes people will try to use ignorance as an excuse for their sin. They'll say, I didn't know that was a sin. Or they'll say, I knew that was a sin, but I didn't realize I was doing that thing. Even Christians will use this excuse. I didn't know that I was being bitter toward that person. 
I didn't know that I was being a busybody in other people's affairs. I didn't know that I was dishonoring my parents. I didn't know that I was being a hypocrite. I didn't know that I was failing to love and lead my wife. I didn't know that I was stealing time from my employer. I didn't know that I was being prideful. I didn't know that I was being contentious. I didn't know that I was putting a stumbling block before my brother. I didn't know that I was involved in the trickery of, trickery of men. It may very well be that a person doesn't see the sin that's within himself. We all have blind spots. We all struggle with seeing our own sin. We all have trouble recognizing certain sins within ourselves. But that's not a valid excuse. That doesn't justify your ignorance. And your ignorance doesn't justify your sin. You cannot say to God, and you cannot say to any other person, I didn't know. Therefore, you must not hold me accountable for what I did or what I didn't do, what I was supposed to do. The end of verse 13 says that all of us are accountable for what we think, what we do, what we speak, because all of us will give an account of ourselves, which means by giving you his living and powerful word, which reveals the thoughts and intentions of your heart to you, God has graciously given you exactly what you need to know your sins. He's given you exactly what you need in order that you can know your sins, even those sins which you have a tendency not to see in yourself. So if you have any ignorance concerning your sins, then it's either because you've neglected to read the Word of God, allowing it to do its penetrating and piercing work, or you're in denial of what the penetrating and piercing Word of God has revealed to you. Either way, you, either you're neglecting to make proper use of the instrument that God has given to you for accurately knowing your sins, or you are deliberately resisting what you know to be true about yourself. Either way, you're still accountable. Either way, you're without excuse. And this is why the writer of the, to the Hebrews precedes verses 12 and 13 with the exhortation in verse 11. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, he writes lest anyone fall like the Israelites fell in the wilderness. And what he's saying here is that we need to be diligent about pursuing heaven. We need to be diligent about testing ourselves as to whether we're in the faith. We need to be diligent to no, no longer walk in the futility of sin if indeed you have heard Jesus Christ and been taught by him. We do this, we are diligent in these ways by being made aware of the sin that resides within us so that we can repent of the sin that resides within us. And we come boldly to the throne of grace, not, not hesitantly, not uh, uh, doubtfully. We come with boldness of faith to the throne of grace, the author of Hebrews goes on to write, we come boldly to the throne of grace because that's where we obtain mercy and find grace to help in our times of need. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses because Jesus was tempted in all the same points that we have been tempted, and yet he is without sin. And so you look to him for your salvation and for your forgiveness. 
You look to him for your strength. You look to him for your ability to understand yourself, including your sins, in order that you can come to him uh, through the, by, at the throne of grace. You look to Jesus to deliver you from the power of sin and to establish you in his righteousness. You confess your sins to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ, and you forsake your sins through the power of the Holy Spirit who indwells you. But realize, you cannot do any of this You cannot do any confession. You cannot do any forsaking until you are first made aware of your sins. You must first have your sins revealed to you before you're able to confess and forsake them. So an indispensable step in being diligent to enter into the eternal rest is to regularly be reading the scriptures, to regularly be reading the active, powerful, living, sharper than any two-edged sword, word of God, in order that it may reveal the thoughts and intentions of your heart to you. And where the Holy Spirit is born witness to you of your sin, whether that's the sin of neglecting God's word, the sin of ignoring God's word, the sin of, of resisting God's word, or any other sin that the Lord has put upon your heart, remember that God pardons and forgives all who truly repent while trusting in the atoning work of Jesus Christ. And repentance includes confession, and so we confess our sins to the Lord. 